I'm Lisa Rowland from San Francisco, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dollamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, and thank you for joining us. This episode 368 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, as always, Jesse Dollamore, and seated across from me, the lovely and talented co-host of mine, Brittany Page. The hang-up is gone. The hang-up is gone. Yeah. You no longer have a hang-up. There's no issue. Well, you, you, you gave me permission and said it didn't bother you. I wasn't the one who had the concern in the first place, though. So Should I remind everyone, someone communicated that they thought it offensive yes. that I referred to Brittany Page most episodes as the lovely and talented. Mm-hmm. And I took umbrage with that. It bothered me. Yes. It stuck in my proverbial craw. Uh-huh. Well, you just have to talk about it. You got to confront these things head on. But the- you, guys, you guys talked about it. You dealt with it. You, you haven't been introduced. Who's talking yeah, right well, now? You know the rule. <laughs> Sorry. Is there a fly in the room? What? What is that voice? <laughs> also joining us, <laughs> jumping the gun, Ivy League educated attorney at law, Drew Levine, everybody. Hello again. Jumping the goddamn gun. So what is it that you were saying before? Well, what I was saying is that you, you confronted this issue. You talked about it. You established that you had permission. And I think you're you're in the clear now. So That's there's, prick there's... shit, bro. That's prick <laughs> shit. How dare you, sir. Sorry. I do feel like I'm in the clear. So I gave you consent yeah. to Very important. use those terms. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Gave me consent. Mm-hmm. It's just like whatever happens in the bedroom. Any, <laughs> anything goes as long as you get consent. Exactly. Or like the stick figure video on Jesse Dollamore's channel. Yes. With some familiar voices. <laughs> very, very impressive voice acting. If I do say so myself. I never admitted to that. Oh. <laughs> Just yeah, kidding. All right. That, that was me. <laughs> so let's get some housekeeping out of the way before we get started. Get rolling here. I did want to give a shout out and turn everybody's attention to a podcast I was on recently called The Podcaster's Couch with Chris Carlson. Go search The Podcaster's Couch. I was recently on kind of a wide-ranging interview, everything about politics to um, my background. The whole gamut was run. So it is a good time. He is a great guy. It is definitely worth checking out, and I would advise everyone to do so. Uh, The the other bit of housekeeping that I want to talk about, I want to give a shout-out, kind of a holy shit, to Karen S., we checked the mail today, and well, let's let's let me back up. A month or so ago, we we had an issue. I had a hard drive fail on me, and so we had I had limited space in my hard drive. We had to push an episode a couple days until I could get the hard drive that I needed. And um, today, so anyway, we checked the mail today, and there was a four terabyte hard drive in. In the mail, in the P.O. box, from Karen here from California, and she she wrote this note. 
Hello, Brittany and Jesse. On one of your recent shows, I heard that you had an issue with your storage capacity. I have a four terabyte external hard drive that I purchased that I would like to donate to you so you can have some added storage. I have tried to use it with my computer, but it will not work seamlessly with my system. Uh, but then I don't have the newest computer. I hope the drive works for you. Keep bringing us great content. Karen. Wow. I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, amazing. That is an amazing, amazing gift. Karen, we love you. We appreciate you so much. That is uh, too, too generous. I mean, it's one of those things where I'm so grateful. Yes. Um, But in my culture... <laughs> you know, I grew up. I grew up kind of like that's feeling uncomfortable when you get a very generous gift, and this this is that. So, goddamn, um, you are beautiful. We appreciate you, and you know, it's from from the the, the booze that we've been sent from some of our listeners overseas <laughs> to hard drives. Uh, it is it is and stress balls. Yes. Um, it, it's, it's, we have a great audience. They're not so. on the table right now because we had to make room for Drew. Yeah, Drew. Otherwise I would be the table using it. Across the, across the, the, the room. Yes. Arguably more important than stress balls, but the jury's still out. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, what I do want to talk about starting the show here, um, New Year's Eve is upon us. The, the reason we're live streaming today and not on Sunday, like we normally do yeah. is because New Year's Eve is on Sunday. Right. And... We didn't think anyone would <laughs> watch the live stream on New Year's Eve. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. And Brittany and I don't have, like, we, we went out today and we bought some wine and some snacks or whatever. And everywhere, everyone we interacted with was, oh, what are you going to do for New Year's? You got planned for New Year's. What do you, what's going on? We don't, we don't have plans. In fact, when we checked out at Trader Joe's, I told him, well, I'm kind of hoping nothing comes up. That's because Brittany and I always <laughs> were so dumb. We watch Anderson Cooper on CNN ring in the new year. Okay. Well, it's not just that. It's also going out on New Year's is kind of a shit show. You yeah, know? yeah. Amateur it's, hour. It is amateur hour for and sure. It gets a little crazy. But yes, I do love watching Anderson Cooper. And he always hosted the New Year's uh, special or whatever with Kathy Griffin. But, you know, this year, one of the things that happened this year was Kathy Griffin posing with the uh, fake bloody head of Donald Trump. Yeah. And which she, for apparently she's been blacklisted and can't find work. Which eh, little, I, little I excessive. was never really a fan anyway, so it didn't really matter, but it's a bummer for her. Yeah, it's a little excessive of a punishment. Yeah, so she got fired from CNN because they didn't want to be associated with that. So they had to replace her. Good business decision on the part of CNN. And yeah. they've replaced her with Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen from watch what happened live watch yeah. what happens live yeah and well and he and Anderson go on tour around the country and do their AC uh, tour um, what is it just shtick between them or what do they do yeah I don't know but the weird thing is when Anderson was hosting with Kathy I would read the comments because we all know I love to read the comments for everything and people hated Kathy Griffin like hated everything about her her voice didn't think she was funny and now I'm reading on the promotion for Anderson and Andy that people hate Andy Cohen and are now pissed at Anderson <laughs> for backstabbing <laughs> Kathy Griffin so it's just you can't please anybody it's just a great lesson in how you, you cannot please anyone I don't know how you it has to be just because you're such a fan of the comment sections because we've talked about months ago 
maybe we'll just recap everything we've talked about in the past year this episode. But we, you've also talked about reading the comments in Food Network sections mm-hmm. and there being like epic, just as shitty a comments and battles going on as, as you would find in politics. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I like to... Do you read comments? You're, you seem like you would probably... I do, but I have to remind myself that whatever's said there is not representative of the truth. Otherwise, we would be literally cuckolds. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, I think it's good to kind of keep tabs on what the people are saying and how they're feeling. So, That's why I read them. Let me ask you, Brittany. Do, do, you think, <laughs> do you think that people don't want to... They're just unhappy and they want to find something to bitch about no matter what it is? Or do you think it's just the people who loved Kathy Griffin came out of the woodwork... And then while Kathy Griffin, it's, it's people finding something to hate. Yeah, there's no way to know, I guess. That's a good question. It's just, There's absolutely no way to know yeah, yeah. that both of those things could be true. I perceived it at the time when I was reading today that it was just people are going to complain about anything. Because, I mean, mm. Kathy would get so much hatred and vitriol. I mean, it was it was kind of disturbing. And now I'm seeing it with Andy Cohen, too. So... Well, you can't even eat spicy chips on on the internet without getting hate. Yeah, exactly. Drew. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you know. <laughs> I heard. I heard that... People uh, aren't a fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it, it probably has more to do with the fact that when somebody has something to say, you know, some kind of very strong particular emotion is evoked in seeing something, <laughs> right. that's when they go to the comment section. Most people will watch, enjoy, turn it off, and not comment, not read the comments. Br- 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 Brittany has an aunt who will remain unnamed, who is a commenter like an old lady commenter. My great aunt. Great aunt. And like go to the, Mrs. C's chocolate and be like, oh, Mrs. C, I love your... What was it? What would she do? It was actually Fannie Mae chocolate. Fannie let's, Mae. Let's not do fake news here. Like it's a real um, person. Yeah. And she would say, hello, Fannie Mae. I love your chocolate. It's like right on their wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. Yeah. It is oh. kind of sweet. You know, like Fannie Mae is just trolling the the wall looking for compliments. <laughs> oh, thank you so yes. much. <laughs> so anyway, Drew. Well, I was going to say that she obviously doesn't get enough debating time on Facebook if she's going to to she, YouTube. She did that to too, get her though. to she, get her social. Yeah, she, she did do that. She just liked a little heavy with the block oh, with dear. the block hand. Yeah, her block hand was strong. Yeah. You Brittany po- was victim you posted, to the block hand. You posted one of your Pew, Pew Research articles and she just couldn't handle it? No, I think I was aggressive with the atheism posts then. Oh. Yeah. Live and learn. You know. Live <laughs> and learn. Oopsies. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, that's a perfect segue. Oopsies. Is it? Uh, let's let's roll on. We did get a voicemail this, this, this week. We got several, but I wanted to feature this one. Um... We have been embroiled in this country, globally, I guess, with the sexual harassment news. Um, The Me Too movement has taken hold, and men the world over are being held to account because of their bad behavior. Now, there are many aspects to this that are awesome, and then there are many aspects to this that are kind of a a goddamn bummer, which is... um, the 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 likelihood as small as it is of and even the perceived likelihood of innocent men being 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 accused mm-hmm. well, that's a bummer i mean that in what's the saying that if 
if if no if one person doesn't have justice none of us have justice something like that yeah. there's also another saying in the criminal law world that it's better for a hundred guilty people to go free than for one innocent person to be convicted. And I agree with that. I think that our our justice system, the way that we conceive of justice, places a higher premium on false conviction than it does on guilty people getting off scot-free. I don't know if that translates well into the sexual harassment, sexual assault realm, but I think most people's moral intuitions is that's that's typically how we want to see justice work. Yeah. Well, and we've had calls recently like Andy's call um, and other people have written in men saying that they're now kind of concerned about being alone with women and they are fearful that something that they do, they, you know, they won't do anything, but they'll be falsely accused and in their circles that they will have no recourse. There's always the Mike Pence rule. The Mike Pence rule. I'm not going to go anywhere unless mother's there. I don't, he doesn't really talk like that. He talks more like this. I'm not going to go anywhere unless mother is there. Yes. So so listen, the net positive is overwhelmingly in the favor of the Me Too movement is awesome. And that all these men who are overwhelmingly guilty are being held to account. That is awesome. But it has started this conversation of not only what we've just been talking about, but also what is irredeemable behavior. I believe that Harvey Weinstein is an irredeemable character. Nothing he can do will should allow him to come back into the fold of society and be a productive um, income-earning member. Because the guy's already fucking filthy rich anyway. He's an easy case. However, like a guy like Louis C.K., I don't know. Is it or is it not? So those conversations are all great. And having those conversations are great. This call is related first to the racist comments Donald Trump made last week about all Nigerians living in fucking huts and all Haitians having AIDS. Then she goes into the Me Too movement and talks about that. Hey, Brittany. Hey, Jesse. It's some funny, so I just have to say... We live in huts? Really, Donald? We live in huts. This racist, misogynist, lying sack of shit, no neck having, jiggly booty, can't get a vegetable to save his fucking life, beer gut, flaming hot, Cheetos puffs looking ass motherfucker. He is the last person to say shit about anyone. Allegedly. <laughs> I'm so sick of people looking down on Nigeria and growing African countries alike. I'm sorry, but the last time I remembered at 57 years old as a country, Nigerian food, culture, music is spreading internationally. We're creating vibrant small businesses and we don't live in huts, dick. But I don't expect him to know that since he probably can't get through a book that doesn't have his name on it every other page. He's worried about us staying here? Well, lucky for him, many of us would rather go back home after we get our education than deal with him. America can have that. He's such a joke, it, it's sad. After 241 years of independence, this is the best the electoral college, an outdated group of probably all old, rich men, so out of touch with reality could do. And that's the real tragedy. 
And I'm not even finished yet. Britney may have tried to come to these guys level-headed about the inevitable fallout from the hashtag MeToo movement, but I'm not about that. It sucks that up to 10% of some females are fucking up the movement for everyone. And the good guys have to deal with the short end of the stick. But you're upset that you may have to protect yourselves more because women can finally, after several lifetimes of being treated as less than, good for nothing except sex and being mothers, come out and tell their stories and be taking some sense of seriousness. Newsflash, Rome wasn't built in a day. There isn't a solution and it's going to take some time to find an even ground. Let me just be frank. That's one of the greatest forms of privilege. You probably haven't had to think about what it's like to dread walking home at night alone, even though you live a couple blocks down, or not be taken seriously at your job, or just in life. Not knowing if a cat call will lead to someone literally following you. And then, if God forbid something were to happen to you, you'd be blamed. And be told it's your fault. Why were you wearing those tight jeans, that short skirt, that lipstick? Why were you moving so slowly? But the thing is, as angry as I am, I honestly empathize with you. But I'm not sorry about this movement at your expense. I love the show. You both give us a chance to have the conversation. Jesse, you're my favorite part, man, because you've really been going in on these past episodes. See y'all later. Thank you, Mvaniso. I know I got called out for being rational, but I mean, she seemed pretty rational. (laughs) No? (laughs) Can I say that I loved that voicemail? Like, I loved everything about it. I loved the message. I loved the cadence. I I feel like she is a slam poet. And if she's not, she should be. But that was was awesome. Well, listen, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Um, One is we have a lot of Nigerians and people of Nigerian origin who listen to the goddamn show. We have Jennifer in Long Beach and Funny So in the in the Northeast. We've got Kay in Australia who mm. who's a patron. Mm-hmm. Those are just a few. I think I think there's a couple others, but that's that's it seems disproportionate for any regular podcast. Mm. I don't know, maybe it's just me. But there's one thing that I wanted to address that she said. Maybe, again, it's just a choice of words. When we think in public, like we do here, and like people do when they leave a voicemail, uh, sometimes it can be taken out of context. And when she says, I'm not sorry that this movement is happening at your expense, uh, it makes me wonder who the your is. Is the your the innocent men who might be accused wrongly? Is that is that what you guys took away? I took it as men in general. I took it as men in general. Okay, because as well. men in general, I mean, yeah, as a group, we're we're going to experience some lessening of our privilege. Yeah. As a result of this movement, which is a good thing. But some people are going to get caught by the wayside by false accusations too, as you mentioned. It happens. That's going to happen with any in right. any segment of justice at all. Yeah. That's going to happen. In any justice movement, any any tilt of the pendulum this way or that way on justice, there are going to be some innocent people who get hurt by it. Yeah. And it's an unfortunate side effect, but you can't evaluate a movement. You can't evaluate the effect of a movement based on the few and far between innocent victims. Yeah, I, I agree with that. 
And we just need to, because it is an imperfect system run by imperfect men and women, mm-hmm. but we need to do our best to make, to shore up those those deficiencies. Yeah. And one thing, one thing that I, a point that I've been making a lot uh, in my discussions with people on this is people talk about due process. People talk about giving people the proper process in evaluating these claims and determining their validity. In a lot of respects, you know, if we're, if we're talking about like criminal prosecution, if we're talking about actually taking away someone's liberty, then absolutely you want to give them the utmost due process. And if the evidence is not there beyond a reasonable doubt, then you don't, you can't do anything to them. That's just how criminal justice works. But I think that the effects of, uh, I guess, essentially taking women at their word uh, and assuming and understanding that by the numbers that most women don't actually lie about this stuff the results uh, in the like the damage to people's careers is unfortunate, but it's not like an unspeakable tragedy. It's not the kind of thing that is, you know, I'm going to stay up at night worrying about because I, I believe that the harm on the other side of the lives have been destroyed, the, the psyches that have been destroyed by people who have actually been victims of violence far exceeds yeah, yeah. Any, that, any harm to career. You're talking about more like the 30,000-foot view, though, yeah. of the overall picture of, of justice being meted out. But we also had uh, a similar thing play out on the show here where um, a man called in and said, now, you guys didn't spend very much time talking about this guy who's concerned that he could possibly be falsely accused while you've spent so much time like talking to women who have actually revealed their traumas. And we had to have a conversation about well that's because we're like talking about someone who hypothetically could experience this versus someone who like actually experienced a trauma yeah and what deserves more time right and i i just i don't think there's much room for a a person who is actually innocent for their entire lives to be destroyed by a false accusation it can happen but i I think it's got to be so rare because if you're actually living a life where you consistently demonstrate respect of women, when you consistently engage in behaviors that that show that you understand boundaries, there are going to be people that believe you if you're falsely right. accused. Yeah, and you're, there's going to be a road to recovery that's not going to destroy your life. Yeah. So, I guess I just still think that the relative harm that men experience as a result of this movement is far, far, far inferior, even off the charts inferior to the harm that women have endured over the years. And so I'm not I'm not that concerned about it. Yeah, Jesse also got pushback on that point um, when he tried to say, you know, live a life where you're treating women with respect and this won't happen to you. And he got pushback for that. Like, wait a minute, that doesn't... Yeah. That doesn't happen because they pointed to cases where um, celebrities are accused and everyone thought they were great. But again, celebrities, we don't know what they're really up to. And they're in that their I think is an awesome point that a lot of times with a guy who lives in the community and manages an apartment complex like Andy in Oklahoma, who called in, um, people know him. Yeah, they know the content of his character. Mm-hmm. A guy like fucking Dustin Hoffman or. Or Dustin Hoffman, yeah. not Dustin. Dustin. Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman or any of these shitbags that are fucking abusing women systemically over the course of their lives over and over and over. We don't fucking know them. It's like people who shit on the Kardashians might right. be justified or not, but you don't know them. You know their, their TV characters. Yeah. You know who they play. It's exactly on TV. right. Yes. It's like the it's like the the the, the people who the the troll t- the the what'd you say the troll the troll patrol troll patrol it's like the troll patrol on YouTube who 
who malign me and call me names and are shitty. They, they, they don't know me. They know nothing about my life. They know nothing about... Uh, how much of a cuck you are. Yeah, they, have, they don't even know. Yeah, the degree it's of the, the cuckery. the tip of the iceberg. They don't know if it's a little bit of cuckery <laughs> or just a whole dump truckload of goddamn cuckery. They have no idea. Man, if they only knew, though. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if they only actually knew, can you imagine how abusive they'd be? Yeah, but, and I'm a nobody. Imagine if you're like this world-renowned star who who whose Q rating, which is a, a metric that... Uh, how many people in households know who you are. Hmm. Like a president usually has like the highest Q rating because everybody in the world knows them. Yeah. Anyway, I'm getting off the fucking track here. But I wonder if it, it would be different for a guy like Andy from Oklahoma who everybody does know and can vouch for and people who are widely known, yeah. quote unquote, in the community because they're famous, but they're not really known. Their reputation really isn't known. Mm-hmm. Am I making any sense here at all? Yeah, I take your point. I mean, we we impose this artificial familiarity on celebrities, it, and the, in a way, absolutely in a way that we don't when we're talking about people who are not on the public's radar. Yeah, and if you're talking about someone who's falsely accused, who is well known intimately by a lot of people, I think the protection against the actual fallout of false accusation is mitigated significantly. Yeah, spoken like a. Like an Ivy League educated attorney. Mm. I like the word mitigated. Drew Levine. <laughs> By the way, on the live stream right now, we've got the with special guest and your Twitter handle. Oh. And I would yeah, encourage everybody <laughs> to go follow Drew on Twitter. At Levine Drew. I say things occasionally that are mildly interesting. <laughs> and while you're Let's at it. Let's not go crazy, guy. <laughs> while you're at it, follow at Dollamore and at Brittany E. Page. Brittany E. Page. That's right. All right. Well. No better segment to move on to the next segment of the show. Segment. 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 <laughs> One more time for good measure. I think we need the so amazing drop. So amazing. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. So Robert upped his pledge. Robert, thank yes. you very much. Awesome, thank you. And Maybe Robert is joining us right now in the live stream. Possibly. Very Hello, possibly. Robert. Uh, and you heard me say Dawson Hoffman. Yes. <laughs> and these are the new Patreon supporters. Steven... Steven. Alexander. Alexander. And the podcasting couch. And the podcasting couch. Yes. That, that's uh, that's good stuff right there. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you guys. Uh, as always, if you would like to support the show and Patreon is not your thing, you can always go to dollamore.com slash Amazon. Mm-hmm. Even though the holidays are over, there's still tons of time in the coming year to buy all kinds of crap you don't need. And this year, Amazon is swallowing retail. They're going crazy, destroying brick and mortar. So if you want to be a part of that, we have to worry about somebody working on fucking Black Friday. You go over to dollamore.com slash Amazon. We get a little bit. And if you're going to spend your money anyway, 
Why not help support your favorite show filled with news? News. News. And ridiculous comments. What? Uh, where'd you get your shirt, by the way? Isn't oh, that another way to support the way. show? Yeah. That's another way. If you want one of these handcrafted, they're not handcrafted. One of these shirts, you can go to dollamore.info and that will redirect you to our Teespring page. There's mugs and totes and t-shirts and hoodies and uh, blah, blah, blah. And for those not um, watching the live stream, Jesse's wearing an I Doubt It With Dollamore podcast oh, t-shirt. Right. <laughs> you got to put it on the record. Yes. Yeah, this is... this is Who's a, the professional here? A radio type medium. Yeah. Ugh. All right, moving on. Dollamocracy. Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. All right. First... Before we go anywhere, I don't have any drops on this. I don't have any clips on this. No, no packages on this. But Mike Flynn, I don't know. I almost said Mike Pence. I got Mike Pence on the brain. Uh oh. Mother, uh, Mike Mike Flynn has uh, he is cooperating with Robert Mueller. That is the fact. And the, the Washington Post, who was the first to report correctly, might I add, but uh, the first to report that. Michael Flynn had communicated with the Russians when he said he hadn't, which led to his firing. They are now reporting that the Donald Trump legal team is preparing a strategy that will start, it's going to flip the, the, the script and they're going to start attacking the credibility which is yeah. Let's be honest with one another. That's a, that's a, that's a, a reality that who didn't see that coming because he is a fucking liar. He is pleading guilty to lying to FBI agents. We saw that coming. Well, However, I didn't see that coming because he's been praising him, right? He's being treated so unfairly. and Well, that's correct. Up to this point, Donald Trump, that's all he said is he's a wonderful man. He's being un un uh, treated unfairly by the media. He's being treated unfairly by the FBI. It's so unfair. It's so unfair. Hillary Clinton went in. Oh, it's the worst thing the, wor in, in, the whole world's ever seen. She went in and lied to the FBI, which eh, that may or may not be true. Well, this may be an area where the legal team and the PR team may not see eye to eye. It's a, it's a, it's a difference between legal defense and a political reality, because this is politically damaging for Donald Trump, but it might serve some purpose, some utility uh, under as far as a legal defense. Yeah. I'll let you speak to that. Yeah. So first off, so I, I actually got into an argument with one of your listeners about this. Not really an <laughs> argument, just a little sort of back and forth tit for tat on Twitter. Uh, Rina, hi Rina, if you're there. Raina. Raina. Raina, sorry, sorry if I mispronounce your name. Um, you argue with Raina? Is oh, well, you're fucking dead to me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she tagged me in Twitter and said, "Hey, I'm not a legal eagle, but doesn't this doesn't this seem like a really r bizarre, uh, underhanded move?" And this being going after Flynn, yeah, as going a liar. after Flynn, preparing for the undermining Flynn. Any good lawyer, I'm just gonna say, any good lawyer. That oh wait, wait, wait. Are there good lawyers? There, okay, yeah, there's some. They're not all just skeevy. <laughs> the Ivy League one, Ivy League educated <laughs> ones, are are awesome. You gotta love those ones. <laughs> Very good, sir. Um, so any good lawyer who is uh, who takes on a client and has to vigorously defend the client is going to look for all angles 
to protect the client against accusations. They have a legal obligation to do so yes, under the Constitution. Not under the Constitution. Under uh, any lawyer's oath, uh, there's there's an implied covenant to do that. The but, co- you, you could be disbarred for not vigorously defending your client to the best of your ability. Right. That's not a constitutional issue, though. That's, okay, okay. that's basically okay. governed. That's that's basically the ethical rules that, that govern lawyers according to each state bar and to the general... American Bar Association guidelines about what ethical lawyers ought to do. Sure. We have to vigorously defend our clients. That's the bottom line. Uh, Attacking a person that might accuse you or looking for ways to undermine that person's credibility is lawyering 101. Yeah, because they're not defending the the people that they're... they're, Right. um, Mike Flynn is not the client of Ty Cobb. Right. The fucking cartoon character who Donald Trump has a a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So... So if I were cool Donald, mustache. if I were Donald Trump lawyer, if I were Donald Trump's lawyer, wow, sorry, little gag reflex yeah, there, just threw up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, live stream. If I were Donald Trump's lawyer, I would do the same thing. Uh, I would look for ways to undermine Mike Flynn because Mike Flynn does present, I believe, a threat to Donald Trump uh, from a legal standpoint. Well, I guess it's just weird because. He's he's been praising him to an excessive degree. I mean, standing in front of the yeah, White yeah, yeah. House, in front of the press line, saying he's been treated so unfairly. I mean, he was tweeting December 2nd. I mean, we're like 20 days ago where he was saying, I had to fire General okay. Flynn because he lied to the vice president and the FBI. There was nothing to hide, you know, like still defending him. So let's drop the legal argument. Let's drop the, this is what lawyers should do. Let's talk about the fucking political reality here. Well, okay. So, uh, uh, my take, so take on, off your lawyer hat take, and put on your normal human hat. <laughs> that hat doesn't come on very often. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and let's let's look at what's going on here. That Donald Trump has, since the beginning, it's also been reported, and uh, credibly so, that do- they knew. We already, well, it's not even reported. We know that they knew when Sally Yates... Two weeks before Michael Flynn was fired, said, hey, you got a problem here. He lied to the FBI. We now know what he lied about. We know the details. And they let him stay on the job with a top secret, the highest security clearance you can have. They let him stay on the job for two goddamn weeks. Then, in in the interim, sometime in there, Donald Trump approached James Comey and said, hey, buddy, you think you could see your way clear? He's a good guy. He's a family man, sir. Let him off the hook. Let's let's see your way clear of not having this investigation go any further. That's obstruction. So the two people that Donald Trump is, don't give me the eyes I'm, to give him the cue to attack me on whether that's obstruction or not. I'm taking issue with your impression. Uh, what, Donald Trump being a folksy guy? I don't. Uh, <laughs> listen. Was, this is not accurate. I don't do a Donald Trump. I don't do a Donald Trump. Okay. Just don't try the, one the, then. The, 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 in, the inherent. It's the same when I talk about Jesus. I'm like, hey, buddy, listen, I do the same thing. So a lot of pointing. No, so Donald Trump is not Blessed only are the meeks for they shall inherit the earth. <laughs> <laughs> so Donald Trump is not only uh, um, defending, defending, defending Michael Flynn. Yeah, he's trying to get Comey to let him off the hook, and then once all of this is falling apart. We already know he's attacked Comey, yeah. and now he's going to attack Flynn because he is in danger of an obstruction case out of the Mueller probe. Well, you can speak to that. Okay, so I have a few 
possible theories about why Donald Trump is defending Flynn, even though he knows that Flynn, he probably knows at this point that Flynn's not on his side. I'm sure his lawyers have told him that at this point. And he, he's a pretty dense guy, but I'm sure he's taken that message. Uh, he knows when somebody's his enemy. So one theory is that he's sort of doing a good cop, bad cop kind of thing. He's trying to remain wow. the he. You're giving him a lot of a lot of credit, Drew. I I mean, look, Donald Trump, for all of his incompetency, has a pretty good track record of playing the PR game. He knows how to get his fault his masses behind him, right? Can well, we agree to 32% that? Thirty-two percent that are left. Yeah, the thirty-two percent that are left. Yeah, but he won the. I mean, he won the election. He got enough people behind him that he was able to yes. win the crucial states. That gave him the electoral votes that he needed. That's to right. Over, over the span of five states, he won by seventy thousand votes. He's a dude, and he seduced a lot of people that voted for Obama. So he, he did. He's somehow he's somehow pretty good at. And those people had reason to jump ship. Yeah, they had legitimate reason to be disconcerted about their situation. Yeah. So one. So I'm going to give him enough credit to say that he might know how to play good cop, bad cop, and sort of be the good guy in this strategy where someone else has got to be the bad guy. Once again, Drew Levine being far more charitable and gracious in, in someone's argument and behavior than I will ever give them. I don't, I don't believe that. I just I wholeheartedly disagree that he has the that that he will let his pride be overridden by what is best for him. Well, um, but, but, legally or, or, or reputationally, if you will. But Flint hasn't said anything yet. And it made he made, not publicly, not publicly. We don't fucking know what's gone on well, when he's interviewed by Mueller. But neither does Donald Trump. Maybe that's as far as Donald Trump's uh, computational capacity goes. He only knows what people say in public. See, I think that's likely. Well, I think I think one benefit he has, and he's kind of protected by this, is his following. Um, like what Jesse was saying, that he can go from uh, praising Flynn, protecting Flynn, saying this is a witch hunt, saying that he's being treated unfairly to, hey, fuck that guy. Right. And everyone will just follow, follow his lead. Yeah. And that is what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, not probably the full 32%, but that evaporating percentage of however many are there will follow. So he's maybe he's waiting for the right moment to turn on him. Maybe he's waiting. Like maybe he's building up this defense so that he, when he turns on him, he can finally say, "Hey, look, I defended this guy. I came to this guy's defense. I was loyal to him, and look what he did to me. He he turned on me. He's disloyal. Screw him. Hmm. He's out. That will convince many. I think. Yeah, it uh, would not work. A, not a majority. It would work for him. Well, anything that Donald Trump does is going to convince his base. Let's be real. Come on. I mean, he's not. He's yes. not done anything. He, this is a cult. Right, this they're gonna follow dear leader wherever right, he right. takes them. That's sure. true, for sure. Well, they, that's they what just, it comes down to. They appreciate an authoritarian. Yeah, yeah. that's what it comes down it's to. It's ding dongs who think Rodrigo Duterte is a strong leader, not yeah. a fucking a, a guy who's massacring people because of drugs in his country. Well, and that or will, whatever fucking reason. It will actually be interesting to watch this happen. So when he does start calling him a liar, when he does start sending out those tweets to see the people yes. just gobble up the talking point mm. and, yum, start, yum, yum, yum. and start regurgitating <laughs> it. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to be sad to watch, but well, thankfully, most of us are going to see right through it. You and, know, who's most rem of us. remember, we called it, you know, who's going to do it. <laughs> you know, who's going to do it first. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Trump, my boy. Trump, my boy!
That's who's going to do it. I thought you were going to say Tucker Carlson or Sean Hannity. Oh, um, I don't have an impression of either one of those guys. <laughs> I could probably Im- imitate the the look that Tucker Carlson constantly get. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Straight into the camera. <laughs> Bookmark this time, everybody. Oh my this timestamp and go back to the YouTube video. It's truly disturbing. And look at Donald. Look at Donald Trump. Jesus. Look at Drew Levine. <laughs> Little gag gag reflex there. Uh, that was a perfect Tucker Carlson. The constantly confused. The constant look of having just smelled dog poop on yeah, your Yeah, it's like he it's it's it's, it's, it's perpetual bemusement. You huh? guys, you guys, he's just a really good listener. No, no, it's like a dog who farts and is confused by it, his own fart. That's <laughs> that's Tucker Carlson. All day long, that's Tucker Carlson. Do you remember when he used to wear bow ties every single day? All the day? time. Doesn't yeah. he still wear bow ties all the time? I don't think I don't so. Think so. I think really? he's changed his look. Fox News that was that was sure like his shtick, yeah. <laughs> huh. It's too Farrakhan, Minister Farrakhan-ish. They, mm. Oh, you can't wear a bow tie. That's that's yeah. too much of a black guy thing. You can't do that. Because huh. we're Fox News. No good. So the other thing I want to talk about with Donald Trump is this bizarre refusal. Everyone fucking knows this guy's playing more golf than the past four presidents combined. I don't know if that's a fact, those particular numbers, but it's got to be close. This guy's overwhelmingly just smashing any golf that that Barack Obama played. I th- hasn't he already exceeded Barack Obama's golf budget for his entire yes, eight year presidency? That is correct. So yeah. it's got to be. And Obama, more Obama than, liked to golf. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he the Republicans are constantly criticizing Obama for how much he golfed. Donald Trump couldn't keep his goddamn lips from flapping widely about Obama's golf. Not only is Donald Trump golfing more than Barack Obama, but he's golfing at his own properties. That is right. Mm -hmm. 111 days of vacation so far. Um, Actually, more. That was as of a couple days ago. And here we are two more days into his vacation. Um, which, which, for the record, let's just say that the golfing is not, not necessarily a problem. a problem. That is right. But it's the hypocrisy of people who criticize President Obama for golfing and then love everything that Donald Trump does. I, I think there is a threshold, though, that you can pass in which <laughs> golfing then becomes, it becomes a problem. <laughs> I, I think I think Donald Trump is clearly beyond that threshold. I'm not convinced Barack Obama was, but Donald Trump is. And so he, he he's got a golf problem. <laughs> he's got a he's got more problems than that. He's got a Mueller problem. But we'll we'll stick with the golf one. So again, I think that's a great point, Brittany. Thank you for bringing that up. That you are so welcome. We 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 intrinsically do not have a problem with the president taking some time off. Yeah, it's a tough job. Need a break. They're still human beings for sure, and it's a fucking stressful gig, man. Yeah. You're the Anxiety. president of the United States. Yes. When you have Kim Jong Un that you're constantly ribbing up, and he's launching intercontinental ballistic missile uh, silos, or you know the the capability. Big deal. You know, seventeen hundred miles into space. That was when. A joke. What's that? That was a joke. Oh, for for YouTube, I just I don't want. Uh, I don't have a laugh track. I don't want them to get upset with my joke. <laughs> I did my Tucker Carlson face again. So it is stressful. I'm going to give the guy. It's okay. The problem is, like you said, the wild, hypocritical nature 
of a guy who constantly called Obama out for golfing, who yeah. said himself with his own stupid fucking mouth, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna have any time to go golfing. I'm gonna be so busy presidenting that I'm gonna be in the White House all the time. And then he's gone every goddamn weekend on some Trump property. Isn't it something like two fifths of his time in the presidency has been like on vacation? hundred and eleven days. I don't know what that is. That's we're a year in. That's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, that's about that's about a third. And then when he is, when they do announce he's going to golf, and the media absolutely, without any equivocation, knows he's going to golf, this happens. The president doesn't really, and his staff doesn't really tell us when he is golfing, and we have taken to you know, going outside the golf course and filming him as he golfs through a break in hedges near the club. Uh, today, a big wa- a white box truck parked in front of those hedges trying to obscure our shot of President Trump golfing. Now, this may seem trivial, but it is important to get video of the president as he does these things on a daily basis. Uh, And and it gets to something that is larger. The president and the White House have tried to obscure the fact that President Trump golfs on a regular basis. According to our count, he has visited one of his golf courses 87 times as president. Uh, This is a man who ran for president, who criticized uh, President Barack Obama regularly for golfing during his presidency. But that criticism hasn't continued into the Trump presidency. President Trump has regularly visited these golf courses that he owns. And White House aides have been uh, hesitant to ever confirm that he is golfing. And, and, and this box truck and the video that, that we have is yet another example of the White House uh, trying to obscure the fact that he's golfing. We've reached out to the White House, to Secret Service, and to the, uh, po- the sheriff's officers down here uh, to confirm, was this their truck? What was this part of? Uh, we haven't really gotten many responses back so far, Don. So this is amazing when you actually watch the video footage because it is... We will put it on the Facebook page. It is a large white truck that is going in between the bushes, so they, like covering him up so that they can't see him through the bushes. They're on the green or the tee box there closest to the road, and they, they pull a truck up and park it against it to obstruct the view of the cameras. When the media already knows that the dumbass is golfing, What's the fucking problem? If your golf game is so spectacular, why can't you be seen golfing? I mean, he looks really fat in golf clothes. <laughs> he can't he can't hide his obesity. How, how in golf can, I, listen, I'm not one to criticize people's weight <laughs> when I have, you know, 15 pounds I probably need to lose. So I will just leave that there. I'll just let that just simmer. I'll let that marinate there well, in, in the ethos. I will I will say um, that it's interesting because it's almost like if they don't get their eyes on him, then he can deny that he was golfing or something. Like, it's all about hiding and covering it up, right? Yeah. Um, and that's disturbing that we have a president who, you know, if they don't see me and I don't admit it, I can get away with well, it. Well, I can deny it and I can call it fake news. Yeah. And if no one has pictures, oh, it's really fake news. Yeah, because that's why he doesn't announce it. Because if it wasn't a problem and it wasn't too much, then why not announce it? Why not be open about it? Here I am. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hi, also, cameras. you only have a right to so much privacy as president of the United States. You knew what you were getting into when you ran for office. You, you don't have the, like, ju- they just released today that they they say we're going to be able to know what his, he's going to get checked out by a physician early this next year. Is it that one? That- and they're going to, yeah. Uh, Bra- Brownstein, what's his name? Harold Brownstein? I, I don't know. The, 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 the goofy ass hippie dude. 
I know who you're talking. I don't recall his name. And he is yeah. the most healthy president who has ever assumed <laughs> the office of president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, man. Really great, dude. So he loves to party on his six Big Mac a day diet. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. God damn. Anyway, okay. So this is an endemic problem within the administration. This screaming of fake news every time someone talks about something that you don't want to be public. Yeah. Screaming fake news every time someone talks about something that you want to say didn't happen, even though there's video goddamn proof. And it's not just Donald Trump. The ambassador, the American ambassador to the Netherlands, you may have heard about this, was approached by a journalist in the Netherlands, a Dutch journalist. And they were asking him about, hey, listen, why did you say there were no go zones where no cops would go in the Netherlands because they're Muslim neighborhoods? Why did you say that? He says, oh, I didn't say that. That's what we would call fake news. Then the reporter plays a clip of this idiot saying it. And later in the interview, he says, I never denied saying that. Yeah, he said, I never called it fake news. What in the fuck is going on? And the reporter just looks at him like, wait a minute, what is happening right now? This is embarrassing for every American citizen. Yeah, like you just said it a minute ago, dude. Well, I, I, get, the, I get the feeling that it's not going to work for most people. That's like a uniquely Donald Trump thing. Yeah, but it's not even who it works on or whether it does work or not. It's This is embarrassing for Americans because yeah. the rest of the world, Donald Trump guaranteed us, I will bring back dignity to the United States. I will bring back respect of everyone to the United States. And that is not what's happening at all. We are fucking being embarrassed on a daily basis because of this goddamn clown show. Listen to this clip. Speaking of threat, at one point you mentioned in a uh, debate that there are no-go zones in the Netherlands and that cars and politicians are being set on fire in the Netherlands. I didn't say that. That, that, that is actually an incorrect statement. Um, yeah. yeah, we would call it fake news. Is that uh, fake I never news? said that. Because it's what but, you but I, said. No, it's not what I said. The Islamic movement has now gotten to a point where they have put Europe into chaos. Chaos in the Netherlands, there are cars uh, being burned, there are politicians that are being burned, and yes, there are no-go zones in the Netherlands. You call it uh, fake news, obviously. I didn't call that fake news. I didn't use the word <laughs> today. No? No. Okay. I don't think I did. Okay. I think... <laughs> so amazing. That is so amazing. I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I called it fake news. No. Wait, no. Uh, in this interview, in the wait, <laughs> wait. Are the, the you, mean, you mean like one minute ago? Right now? No. no. He, he was playing. He was trying to play one of those politician games where you know you say it depends depends on how you on on what the meaning of is is. Right, right, right. But he just f fell flat on his face. <laughs> like that. It was an attempt to like sort of sidestep that and. Just didn't get there. That's prick didn't, shit. Didn't right? land. So that's prick shit. Why do you think it works for Donald Trump, but not like this guy? Uh, because he's a lesser known quantity. What What do you think? I think Donald Trump has been something of a cult figure for a long time, and even if he hasn't been like overtly a cult figure, he's been a cult figure in the making. Um, you have to have cult status. You have to have that sort of like cult superstar celebrity. Uh cult leader status before you can do stuff like that yeah 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 and 
he set himself up as he set himself up as a guy to attain that status at the very least, you know, throughout his career, being like this really rich, bombastic guy yeah. that was always putting himself out there and being like the the quintessential rich rich guy that that people knew about and would talk about when they talked about Americans with riches. And then he was on The Apprentice and was the boss and always had the microphone and controlled everything. Yeah, it could also be this though. It, it could all that all that is true, but it it could also be that the media is on to their fucking tricks now, so they're going to go in armed with the ammunition they need to take them down on the in the moment. Because remember, early on in the campaign in, in 2015, the media didn't know what the fuck was going on. They had no idea how to handle Donald Trump in an interview because they'd never been spoken to so flippantly. Like, uh, go ahead, try getting it out. I bet you can't get it out. Go ahead. You're just a dick. <laughs> they're just, they're disrespectful and they lie different than normal politicians lie. Yeah. Because there's not even like a scintilla of truth in it. It's just a fucking lie. Yeah, it's the difference between evasiveness, which has always been a thing for politicians, yeah, yeah, yeah. and, you know, outright falsehoods. This is You're right. This is a new thing. But authoritarians get away with it. Yeah. That's how authoritarians operate. Because authoritarians always have a sliver of support. Yeah. Whether it be uh, Maduro in Venezuela mm -hmm. or R R uh, Rodrigo Duterte in the Philippines, or Vladimir Putin in Russia. Right, because authoritarians have some ability to control what truth is, at least in the minds of their supporters. Yeah. But he also doesn't have to answer questions that he doesn't want to answer anymore. So he'll stand out in front of the White House and take a few questions here and there, but he can just walk off when he gets pissed off or unhappy. He He's not giving interviews to Jake Tapper. Not he's anymore, because now on, he has the bully pulpit. Yeah, he's right. not going on Chris Wallace's show. He's, you know, talking to Sean Hannity. He's got Sarah who's Huckabee petting Sanders. petting him while they're interviewing, yeah. you know. He's got Sarah Huckabee Sanders <laughs> to, to field all the tough area. questions for him. Right. <laughs> Well, that's perfect. That brings us to uh, Jake Tapper and his kind of top seven political moments of the year. Listen to this, you guys, while this is going on. And then let's let's talk about maybe what he missed, what we think are other moments. Um, and we'll just we'll we'll wrap. Oh, I, I actually I think we have an asshole of today. We do. As the final segment. Yes. And for Troll Patrol, it's Milo. We'll just give a little heads up. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Gather around, family and friends. You'll be talking about 2017 for generations to come. The first year of the Trump presidency shattered the status quo. Cultures of harassment were exposed. Travel bans were debated. Protests erupted. And I seem to recall something about Russia. Here are, in our view, the top seven political stories of 2017. President Trump signed executive orders banning U.S. entry from seven Muslim-majority nations, which sparked worldwide protests and disagreement among the courts before a revised version was upheld. We're going to take our case as far as it needs to go, including all the way up to the Supreme Court. The administration also ended the DACA program, affecting some 700,000 undocumented immigrants brought to the U.S. as children. The DACA policy produced by the last administration could not be sustained. The fate of these so-called dreamers was left in the hands of Congress. Hopefully now Congress will be able to help them and do it properly. Mr. President, I will not be complicit or silent 
In 2017, some Republicans went rogue, openly displaying disdain for the president of their own party. I think the, the basement of our nation will be what he'll be remembered most for. Critics such as Jeff Flake of Arizona and former Trump supporter Bob Corker of Tennessee announced they would not seek re-election to the Senate. It's not enough to be conservative anymore. It seems that you have to be angry about it. Both will remain in office until November, working with Republican Senators John McCain, Ben Sass, and Cory Gardner, who have expressed condemnation of Trump at different times as well. We're going to get a health bill passed. We're going to get health care taken care of in this country. Republicans tried to repeal and replace Obamacare, received insufficient support, removed the bill, regrouped, and were left reeling after repeat defeats. The motion is not agreed to. The most dramatic courtesy of Republican John McCain. We promised to repeal and replace Obamacare and we failed. The GOP had no major legislative victory all year until December. Merry Christmas, America. A $1.5 trillion GOP tax plan passed with a partial repeal of Obamacare, handwritten edits, and absolutely no Democratic support. A white supremacist rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, began with a torch-lit march around a Confederate monument. One of these white supremacists rammed his car into a crowd, killing 32-year-old Heather Heyer. The president initially failed to call out the white supremacists. I think there's blame on both sides. Even strong conservatives condemned his response. What Trump did today was a moral disgrace. Passionate demonstrations filled the streets. Nazis are not welcome here. And nationwide symbols of the Confederacy were vandalized or officially removed. You're fired. It was more than a catchphrase. Just ask Press Secretary Sean Spicer or Communications Director Anthony Scaramucci or Chief of Staff Reince Priebus or Chief Strategist Steve Bannon or National Security Advisor Michael Flynn. And of course... Why do you believe you were fired? I think the president had his word that I was fired because of the Russia investigation. The Trump administration had more than a dozen resignations, firings, and reassignments in its first year. The Me Too movement ushered in an era of accountability, ending careers and launching a battle for moral high ground. Allegations that Republican Roy Moore sexually assaulted teen girls as an adult led Alabama voters to elect their first Democratic senator in 25 years. I am leaving while a man who has bragged on tape about his history of sexual assault sits in the Oval Office. Fellow Democrats forced Senator Al Franken to announce his resignation after several women said he acted inappropriately. He just mashes his mouth to my, to my lips. Several others in Congress, including Trent Franks, John Conyers, Reuben Kuhn, and Blake Farenthold, resigned or announced early retirements after facing accusations of their own. But in response to questions about the president's past actions, the White House was defiant. That's the big news here is the Russian interference in our election system. The leaders of U.S. intelligence agencies unanimously concluded that Russia interfered in the presidential election. But did President Trump's campaign help them in their effort? I have nothing to do with Russia. FBI Director James Comey was leading the investigation until he was fired. Now an investigation by special counsel Robert Mueller is digging deeper. Former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn pleaded guilty to misleading the FBI. And campaign chairman Paul Manafort was indicted. 
The Senate Intelligence Committee questioned Donald Trump Jr. for hours about his meetings with Russians in Trump Tower. Is he being forthcoming? There are a lot of legitimate questions that uh, this individual needs to answer. All this as the president and his supporters, playing defense, tried to accuse the Mueller investigation of bias. Those were our top seven political stories of 2017, but with the Russia investigation still ongoing and control of the Senate at stake, 2018 is sure to present unprecedented political headlines of its own. I'm Jake Tapper. Stay tuned. And there will be more Russia headlines coming up in 2018 than there were in 2017. Because we're not even close to getting to the bottom of this. More information, just when you think no more headlines could be gained, no more big scoops could be gained by the New York Times or the Washington Post, here we are, more every goddamn week, leading us closer. And by the way, these leaks, these these these, these uh, scoops that these media organizations are getting are not from the Mueller camp. They're from Congress. Mueller has run a tight ship. He has done a good job, a noble job, an ethical job, a moral job, a legally responsible job relative to the investigation surrounding Donald Trump and his collusion and his obstruction of justice and whatever financial crimes might be uncovered. All of that is being done on the up and up. So that is something to look forward to in 2018. I do want to say what I look back on for 2017, and and Jake did tap touch on some of this. Jake did tap on he, some he, of this. He tapped on it. Jake tap did tap. He on tapped that. it real hard. Wow. And, wow. and effectively, he I, did. It huh? was really effective. The tapping. So amazing. So it's thanks, just it's thanks, so, Drew. I mean, it's just so different being here and hearing it in person. Is it? Yeah. Just you know, it fills me with warm fuzzy Ooh. feelings. Like a little little tingle. It might be the wine. Maybe it's the wine. It might Maybe be it's the, the wine. wine. So so there's two things that really strike me, and one is obviously the Russia investigation. Because remember, for months and months and months, not only Donald Trump, but all of the trolls and the the clowns online. There's no investigation. Trump's not being investigated. Well, what the fuck happened to that? Yeah, the goalposts kept moving. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So all the lies, no, this didn't happen. Oh, that's fake news. Every time <laughs> the fucking Tangerine Titan opens up his goddamn mouth and says that's fake news, you can almost guarantee, you can count on it like clockwork, that it's true. Mm-hmm. Because shit that isn't true, he doesn't even address because it's just salacious bullshit. You, you know, I hear trolls still saying is that there's no evidence of collusion. I, I still hear people saying that. And what that says to me more than anything is that people don't understand what the word evidence means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, evidence doesn't have to be CSI, you know, DNA, fingerprints, caught on Russ. Uh, well, what, on it doesn't Vladimir have Putin. to be CSI. No, it isn't CSI. Yeah. Let's right. start there. Well, uh, no, that can't, it's a, that, that can be in the realm of evidence. That is, I mean, that's direct, that's direct, very strong I'm thinking evidence. Of, I'm thinking of the show. Yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. But you know, we're not gonna find. We're probably not gonna find. You know, jizz stains on Vladimir Putin's like lapel or anything like that, or even on Donald Trump's. That would be Vladimir Putin. That's wow. Probably not <laughs> or whatever. Wow. Like, no Putin jizz is yeah. what Drew's we're, saying. We're not gonna find any Putin jizz. By the way, th- this he took Putin jizz one on one at 
at at law school at his Ivy League school. Yeah, I, I was taught by the most uh, renowned <laughs> expert in Putin jizz in, Putin in the country. CSI gathering of the Putin forensic inv- investigation. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. But there is obviously evidence. I mean, and even if the evidence isn't direct, even if it's circumstantial, it's still evidence. And we also don't know the extent to which the Mueller team and Congress has evidence of collusion. We That's don't exactly know everything. Right. So to say that there's no evidence is not only false, because what we do know, of what we do know, there is evidence, but it also uh, doesn't account for everything that we don't well, know. Well, we it's how they compile it, when they compile it. Because we don't know about it doesn't mean there's not evidence. They just haven't brought a case yet. I also think the people that you're talking about who are saying that there's no evidence are the people who are watching Fox News and hearing about um, Hillary Clinton's scandals. <laughs> As though she's the one who's president. Like last week, hearing about Hillary Clinton like she got elected. Yeah, you turn it on and they're still talking about all of her scandals and trying to, you know, wave the flag over here. Look over here. I wish I had a bullhorn that would scream louder than this microphone in this podcast. She lost. She was not a good candidate. The Democratic Party failed America by forcing her on us. No, if like if what they were saying, assuming what they were saying had any merit to it, it would be worth saying something even now, I would think I would say like if she actually committed some kind of like serious crime. No, I'm just talking about. Yeah, I don't think Donald Trump would have won with anybody else. It's not Martin O'Malley. If he had caught some traction, he would have won. He would have beat Donald Trump. Yeah. And bringing up Hillary Clinton, of course, is not relevant to At all. what Donald Trump is currently facing. But of course, even though it's not relevant, everyone's going to constantly bring yeah. up what they suspect Hillary Clinton being guilty of. The other aspect of this no evidence thing, I'm glad you brought this up. Thanks, Drew. You're welcome. So amazing. So amazing. So amazing. <laughs> is the, is, is something Ma- yeah. Malcolm Nance said at Politicon. Yes. I was going to say to Brittany and me, but we were in a room. Isn't there a Politicon when he said it? flyer oh, yeah, over there? It's over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm Nance said, it's not evidence because it's called intelligence. Yeah. And a lot of this information that's being gathered and compiled by Bob Mueller is intelligence data provided by the NSA, the CIA, the DIA, all of these intelligence gatherings and analyzing organizations that are that are compiling it and giving it to him and letting him sift through it that will become... Evidence. And that's why he's preemptively trying to weaken the public trust in those institutions. Right. Yeah. So, so there, I mean, it's exactly right. Ev- evidence has a common meaning and it also has a legal meaning. It's not evidence in the legal meaning, but all that intelligence, I would say, is actually evidence in, in the common meaning of the phrase when people commonly use that term. It is evidence that there is something afoot here, that there are some inappropriate relationships. Yeah. Something afoot. There's something afoot. Something <laughs> um, afoot. I, I've never, I've never defended anybody in a in a federal. I've I participated in a federal defense. I've never been a, the attorney of record in lead a, counsel, lead counsel, or the attorney of record as we call it in a federal defense. But I think of my experiences taking on criminal defense cases at the state level. If I were to go to the cops who were invest- to the cucks, the cops. Oh, the cops. Yeah, the no, police. I, I'm the cuck. If the cuck went to the cop, if the cuck went to the cop and said, "Hey, it was a cup cock meeting." Yeah, if the cup, yeah. cup, cuck cop, yeah. not cup cock. Yeah, when cucks and cops come together, I think a lot of cocks are cucks, and a lot of cops are cocks. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute, 
What is happening right, right now? I don't I'm know. Gonna, we just went down a cup, cop, cock, cock. All right, let me finish wormhole. my point before I get too confused and too drunk. <laughs> <laughs> if I went to a cop and said, hey, let me see what you got before the cop had concluded his investigation. When the cop had concluded? Was he a cop, cop who concluded? When the cop, cop concluded his cucking postulated. Com- all right, all Wait right, let's get what? to the point. All right. Goddamn. All right. If 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 I'd asked the cop for the evidence before the investigation had included uh, had concluded, he would tell me to fuck the yeah, fuck right yeah. off. Get out! There of is here. no way he would give that to me until he is legally obligated to turn that shit that over. That is right. And he has to turn that shit over the moment that they file charges against my client. Discovery. We'll get that shit if and when they ever file charges against Jared Kushner. Uh, it's looking so good though. Yeah, and anybody who else who might be caught up in this ma- Mueller maelstrom. Mueller Maelstrom. I'm just, wow. I'm coming you're up like all sorts dancing of very alliterative. <laughs> you know you're on camera, right? Let's, let's not go crazy. You're like doing it. an interpretive dance while you're I just I get I get really passionate when yeah. I'm talking about You're a passionate, passionate that is, man. That is evidence. All right, let's mm-hmm. uh I, I was gonna get into the Mika Brzezinski stuff. Are we gonna do this? We don't we? have time for that. We don't. We're R- doing right now, Trump tweets. Well, we're, we're oh we are doing Trump tweets yeah. and then we're gonna do asshole of today. Yes. So we'll push Mika, if it's still topical, until episode 369. But until then... I will say this. Look, I have millions of people on Twitter. It's a lot of people. If somebody can't handle a Twitter account, they can't handle the nuclear company. So true. Um... (laughs) So Donald Trump tweeted today. He did tweet today, as yes, he does. Some amazing, uh, fantastic tweets. So amazing. Dropping some knowledge on us all. He's a learned man, Brittany He really Page. is. A learned, yeah, so learned man. He gave us some deets on global warming. Oh, he did, did he? Yes. So Very let's, nice. Let's see what he said. He said, in the East, it could be the coldest New Year's Eve on record. <laughs> Perhaps we could use a little bit of that good old global warming that our country, but not other countries, was going to pay trillions of dollars to protect against. Bundle up. Uh Clearly, uh, a little bit of that good old global warming. Shit, dick, and chief doesn't understand the difference between weather and climate. First of all, and second of all, the fact that we are having record-breaking cold and record-breaking hot everywhere globally tells you climate change is real. The fact that there is record-breaking flooding this year. All over proves climate change is real. The fact that two of the strongest hurricanes on record happened this year is evidence that climate change is real. So yesterday, the Washington Post weather reporters tweeted. um, In response? No, this was yesterday. Oh, yesterday. So a preemptive strike. (laughs) They they said... um, They just assumed Donald Trump would be a dickhole about... About something. I mean, they didn't mention him, but um, (laughs) the United States to be the coldest region in the world relative to normal over next week. Please note the rest of the world will be much warmer than normal, lest anyone try to claim pocket of cold in U.S. debunks global warming. Oh, that is so good. Which they will inevitably and irresponsibly do. And then (laughs) who knew that it was the president of the United States who inevitably would do it and irresponsibly do it. They were talking about your Uncle Gary, but really... 
the president of the United States did it. Uh, I mean, I got to say that has got to be in the running for his stupidest tweet ever. It's almost. Oh, wow. That's saying something. It's in the running. (laughs) That's almost as stupid as James Inhofe from Oklahoma bringing a goddamn snowball onto the floor of the Senate to prove to the world that global warming's not real, but, uh, that climate change is not real. That but, it's like it's like, oh, we didn't. Why there's still monkeys walking around? The evolution's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that, how it works, dickhole. But when was James Inhofe? Like five years ago? Uh, no, that was the last three years. Three years ago. Okay, but at least James Inhofe had the had the benefit of not having three more years right. of climate science. Well, to, to further substantiate the phenomenon. Well, you know how often Donald Trump is immersing himself in the scientific literature on right. global warming. Right. Yeah, he's really keeping up with Let it. Let me debunk what you may think about James Inhofe. I know James Inhofe. I work I with James, James Inhofe, Inhofe. Uh, from the Senate. <laughs> James Inhofe is a racist, joke-telling dickface. He's a terrible human being, All so right. fuck that guy. Sorry, sorry. Other about... than that, he's pretty decent. All right. Sorry, sorry <laughs> about teasing you about the name drop. <laughs> So I know amazing. James and I. <laughs> <laughs> true true. I, okay. I don't know what to tell you. All right. Well, you met him. I do not feel teased. You you heard some jokes from him. Yeah, we're not drinking buddies. I'm yeah. not drinking buddies with a lot of racist dick faces. Yes. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Trump tweet. Caught red-handed. Very disappointed that China is allowing oil to go into North Korea. There will never be a friendly solution to the North Korea problem if this continues to happen. Yeah. You know, that's what uh, diplomats do is they get on Twitter and it's it's like he found out his wife is cheating or something. He's trying to get on Maury. He's like, caught red-handed, Maury. Like, can I go on the show? You know? <laughs> Let's get uh, them DNA results. Yeah. That's what, what is this? That's what the person that you regret adding on Facebook would do. <laughs> it, it is amazing. Well, one, he's calling out China, but also, you know, Russia's in bed with North Korea all day long. Deep. And what's he saying about that? Nothing. He's keeping his fucking mouth shut because he never has a bad word or negative word or critical word to say about Russia or Vladimir Putin. He doesn't want the dialogue to lead right to that Putin jizz. That is right. right on, his, on his lapel. On his lapel. He, he didn't catch it all. He got a little spill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> is that it, Brittany? Or do we have any more? We'll just do this last one where he's tweeting the Rasmussen uh, presidential poll, which is not necessarily a reputable... Right. It's the most conservative poll of all of the polls is Rasmussen. I'll say it's still reputable, even though it is highly tilted. It's towards... still it's still taken into account for the averages, but it is an outlier almost. It's it's on the uh, It's on the fringe. Of uh, it's it's like the Fox News of polling, right. and then you've got your like Democracy Now poll. It consistently, we'll say, it consistently produces the best results for him. Of yes. course, yes, yes, that is a good way to say it. Forty six percent, so amazing, is what he has. Forty six percent approval rating, and he tweeted this with a picture of himself in front of an American flag. Proud of forty six percent. He's so proud of it. <laughs> um, believes that he's doing a great job. Far away from half of the country. Most of the country hates his guts, and he is proud, son. Yeah. Ah. Uh, mm-hmm. From the lakes of Minnesota. <laughs> well, the, the the bar is low to though. the hills of Tennessee. Oh Jesus! 
the bar is low. Like we know that like the polling averages hover around, you know, somewhere between like 33 and 37%. Yeah, that's pretty right. consistently. 32 to 37 is is the is the mark. So, you know, relative to those, you know, Rasmussen looks pretty good for him. Right. <laughs> it's also so skewed. I mean, really there even if 32 is like crazy low. Would you say 46? Yeah, that's, come on, that's crazy. Huh? Yeah, they don't they don't swing that much. There's not much of an error of one way or the other. They must be pulling people on landlines and not on their cell phones. <laughs> I've never been called for a poll. Never have I been called for a poll. Oh, you're messing out, bro. Mm, good. Some good times talking to those pollsters. It's the asshole of today. Milo Yiannopoulos. Milo Yiannopoulos is our asshole of today. Our final asshole of the day for 2017. Yeah. So, you know, he um, is suing Simon & Schuster. The publishing company. Yes. And uh, there was a lot of fervor surrounding this today on Twitter because... um, Urban fervor. What? 30 Rock joke, sorry. Okay, and... So amazing. People were able... No, no, no. Don't so amazing that joke that completely didn't <laughs> I land. didn't say it. You said it, bro. People... So amazing. People were able to uh, download the manuscript of Dangerous that the editor from Shyman and Schuster had gone through, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos' book, right? That's Dangerous. Right. Um, and all of... it's public record now because it was in the lawsuit. Exactly. And all of these edits that this editor made on this book, this terrible book that I haven't read, but I've read parts of it because I downloaded the manuscript from the court. And... I, I want to talk about this because everyone has been having fun with the comments that were left, which are great, and I'm going to go through some of them. But what's really problematic about this is that he was paid a lot of money, okay, like $255,000. Yeah, a few hundred thousand dollars. Um, to write this book. And what the editor was really doing was trying to clean it up a bit and make the message acceptable, and the conservative editor. Yeah, easy to digest. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, he he made aggressive comments that were pretty shitty to Milo, which is hilarious and fantastic. But at the same time, what the goal was here was to create a product that had like a, a dumbed down, less aggressive version of Milo's ideas in order to give it to the masses. Palatable alt-right. Palatable racism. Yeah. Palatable sexism. Just... A palatable Milo Yiannopoulos, which is tough to do. Which is a as evidenced as evidenced by the goddamn I editor's would, impossible task. I would never palate that guy. <laughs> All right. Yep. <laughs> okay. So, so amazing. Let's go through some of these some of these comments. Okay. So these comments, it's just like if you're reviewing a word doc and you highlight a section and then you do a comment on the word doc. Okay, that's what this editor did. So I'm going to read tracks the review. We're probably the only people who know what okay, we're talking well, about. Okay, well, whatever. So the editor left comments on the word doc, and I'm going to read a couple of them. So this is six comments left by the editor in succession. Okay. This would never happen. This is not true. This is not true either. You cannot say this is true of everyone. Not necessarily true. Not true. That's just 
like sentence in succession to sentence to sentence to sentence saying these things in reference to what Milo had written yes for a final version of his book yes yeah and that's just on like one page <laughs> where he's just flat out writing things that are but not are, true are, do you have others marked there where he talks about like no no more black cock jokes and oh that's a little too racist let's back down on like he's just a fucking terrible human being. Yeah, so there's ones where he's like, citations are needed for this. Delete irrelevant ethnic joke. Yeah, right. Okay, which is obviously problematic. <laughs> fucking Milo. Yeah, Um, I will not accept a manuscript that labels an entire class of people mentally ill. Uh, let's leave cuck out of it here. <laughs> <laughs> Why? That's such a useful uh, term. The world needs more he, cuck talk, Here's everybody. another one. This is not the time or place for another black dick joke. Yeah, goddamn. That's literally a comment that was left on this manuscript. That, it, that an editor, a professional human being who edits literature for a, for a living, had to go through and parse out these comments because Milo is such a functional illiterate. Just a moron of epic proportion that he... I keep hitting your mic stand, Drew. It's pretty close to me. It ain't um, my fault. You put it there. He, he is. He's writing this book for the masses and thinks this is appropriate. It makes you wonder what comments were written over. Well, it also makes you wonder what this editor did to get this shit job, right? Like he's did, Simon and Schuster. He's probably the only conservative guy they did, could find that would take the gig. I'm guessing he probably stole like cheese sandwiches out of the refrigerator that belonged to someone else. Cheese sandwiches? <laughs> so here's one. A lot of cheese sandwiches at Simon and Schuster. Here's one sentence that Milo wrote. He wrote, when America landed on the moon, the Cold War essentially ended. And the comment says, the, the moon landing was in 1969. July 29th, 1969. Berlin Wall didn't fall till 1990. Russia quitting the space race was not the end of the Cold War. Wow. He really is. So it makes you wonder the <laughs> other shit that he's written, how much... Drew's dying. No, it makes how you wonder. How the fuck did this guy ever become famous? Why are we not more famous? That's what I'm saying. Well, not would care about that, but how... It makes you wonder what other shit has been cleaned up by this ding dong. Well, not only that. Because a Mercer, Robert Mercer, the billionaire, was bankrolling this dick face. Yeah, but also... What the hell? There are so many people out there that have amazing stories that need to be told. They have important things to say. Yes. They have beneficial life experiences to share with the world and they'll never have an opportunity. And they give this guy, you know, $250,000 and a book deal. He is unworthy of his fame. He's unworthy of his notoriety. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, he, he hasn't contributed. He's not a contributor. No. He, I would to say he's a detractor is he's a bomb thrower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he stands on the not side. Not even a good one though. No, I mean, two seconds of scrutiny. Like anytime this guy is put in front of somebody smart. Yeah, it takes two seconds before he falls apart. Yeah, he makes he this Milo Yiannopoulos makes Ben Shapiro look like Charles Krauthammer. Ben Shapiro is a smart guy. He's like completely unprincipled, but he's a smart guy. Milo Yiannopoulos is neither smart nor principled. Yeah. He's just flashy. Ugh. I mean, that's got to be it, right? Like, what else does he have? That is it. That is it. And that is it for the show. Perfect segue. Thank you, Drew. Oh. We appreciate it very much. 
Uh, we're going to end there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. Listen, if you want to support the show, if you like what we do here, if you want to follow more live streams like you're watching right now, go to dollamore.com slash Patreon. And there's all kinds of tiers. There's all kinds of rewards. We give away the stickers that Drew's wearing on his shirt there. We, we do monthly hangout calls, which we're going to do one tomorrow and Saturday. Yep. It's a good time. We really connect with our audience. We try to, to, to create a relationship. We're trying to move the conversation forward one episode at a time. And it is because of our support from the, our patrons on Patreon that we're able to do so. So we're going to leave you there. We appreciate you. We love you. And we will see you next time. For Brittany Page... Drew Levine. Hello. I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been. I doubt it. I feel like she is a slam poet, and if she's not, she should be. But that was that was awesome.